welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me as always are my two buddies, Schnell and Teej. How are you guys Yo. doing tonight? Good. What up, Hive Mind? There it is. There it is. Hey, we are fresh off of War of the Spark pre-release and now release. It's here. It's been in the wild. It's been in arena for even longer. And we're going to tell you about our experiences with the set so far. Um, Schnell and I played in the pre-release at a store. And Tej, you've drafted a couple times now, right? Since then. Yes, yes, I have. Whoa, where did you go? Oh, sorry. Are you, are you like across your house all of a sudden? <laughs> Am I supposed to stay in the same room where we're recording? <laughs> I thought that's how remote casting works. <laughs> in the living room, talking into my remote. Are you broadcasting oh, through your weird. Google Home? No. Oh, there you are. Now you're back. Okay. Yeah, no, it sounded like you were way down a fucking hallway. Well, <laughs> so. Funny story. I was. <laughs> but Well, you're you're back now and you sound great. Well, I actually thought uh, there must be I'm not going to mess with it now because we've been through this before. <laughs> but there mu- there must be a setting that I didn't change on my thing, so I must be recording through my computer microphone instead of my headphone microphone. Well, you sound great right now. So, well, then I'm not leaving. I'm <laughs> stay with stay us. Right talk here. a while. Talk a while. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we're going to talk all about War of the Spark and how we've enjoyed playing with it so far. But before we do that, mm-hmm. let's get into... Was that funny? I enjoyed playing with it. <laughs> that was hilarious. Euphemisms abound in this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we were just complaining about kids. <laughs> but I'm so goddamn immature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what makes us us. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, before we get into War of the Spark discussion, let's talk about what we've been up to lately. Teach, since you were down at the end of the hall and came sprinting back, why don't you start this week? <laughs> that is Hold on, I have to catch my breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> <sighs> um, aside from uh, doing some drafting over the weekend, which I will talk about once we get to the appropriate segment... I was finally able to sit down on Thursday and play some EDH with uh, more decks that I have tuned up over the past couple of months here. Let's see, I played, I think, three games on Thursday. I didn't win any of them. Uh, I would have won one of them. If it weren't uh, for you meddling kids? Actually, yes, if it weren't for <laughs> meddling kids. Because it was one of those games where, where I'm I'm doing my thing and uh, I, I comboed out and then was getting ready to pack up my stuff and some uh, some bystanders just looking in at the game is like, you could do that and stop his combo. And some other kid's like, oh, can I? And it didn't, it didn't bother me. I mean, uh, it's one thing if it's EDH and that's fine. Um, I was also playing uh, my strongest deck anyway against four other people so i wasn't like salty about it i just like to you know rotate through all the decks so everything gets its cardio so (laughs) i just wanted to shuffle up the deck and play it a little bit so i wasn't like salty about it but it was one of those just one of those things like just an (laughs) an outsider has to poke his head in there be like if you do that you win or you do that you stop him but no i think my my favorite game that day was when I was playing Dragonlord Silumgar, which I think is is quickly going to become one of my favorite decks, which is all about stealing stuff and using other people's things against them. I finally tuned it up, and I feel a lot better about the current list that I have than other iterations of it. I was playing against Mr. Hurley. That's his name. I couldn't think of his name. A, a kind elderly gentleman who frequents our store, 
And then some guy who was playing the Calumny Precon with maybe a couple cards in there that weren't a part of the Precon. I hate that deck. I don't think he's changed anything in his Calumny. I don't think he has either. That um, was the worst part of Commander Anthology too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they can't but, all be they can't all be home runs, but man, that one stunk. Anyway, sorry. Are you that that deck wins consistently for him. The Calumny deck? Really? Calumny, yeah. Apparently, people other than Robert need to play it because I've <laughs> the only time that I've actually seen it played was when we did the Beard Gamers episode with it, and Robert played it and couldn't draw shit, and the deck was just too clunky because he had no mana and everything cost so much mana. Well, didn't you, Tej, and I play at uh, Sausage Fest? Oh, oh yeah, uh, Junior's bachelor party. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I was that gonna one. say I wasn't invited to Sausage. You Fest, were not invited so. to Sausage Fest, but we played a three-player game, and I was running Calumny, and you two had to hate me off the board to keep me from winning. That's it's right. True. That's right. You were doing. Yeah, you were doing Calumny, not Doretti. Never mind. It's yeah. better than I thought. Yeah. Sorry, Calumny. <laughs> I forgot. Show it the respect it deserves. Yes. So the game actually ended very quickly, and it ended in my favor. Uh, nice. It was just funny the way it worked out. I stole I stole something from the Calumny guys' library with Thief of Sanity. It was a giant, well, I suppose a giant giant, that <laughs> made all his other giants bigger. <laughs> makes makes sense. Yeah. Then Check he seven. played Calumny, and I said, I want a Calumny too, so I cloned it. And there then he go. killed my clone. <laughs> so then I just stole all of his stuff. <laughs> and he wasn't able to play with anything. <laughs> and I won. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, you, sh- you couldn't share. We both could have had a Calumny. Now no one gets Calumny. <laughs> and that made me smile, and that's why I think I like that deck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I like I it. I might be a terrible person. No, I don't think so. Wait, hold on. <laughs> so you're yes. talking about EDH. This is this might... No, this doesn't make you a horrible person. It makes you a funny person. Well, you've always been a funny person. Anyway... So EDH night, that was uh, that was when my new nickname was coined, right? Because we didn't record last week because I yeah my my throat <laughs> that was oh. that was when when old Dick Wiener came about, old I believe, Wiener. right? Old Dick Wiener. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's an EDH did... night when I wasn't even there to defend myself. <laughs> well, it wasn't that wasn't your that wasn't your fault. That was my fault. <laughs> you just you just didn't hear correctly about no, why I my throat didn't speak hurt correctly. Oh well, there you go. I don't remember. I don't remember what I was trying to say, <laughs> but what I ended up saying was you had a bunch of dicks in your wiener. <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. That's why I was. That's why I was out last week. Yeah, like Freud in his grave was just immediately going, "Wait, what? <laughs> Huzzah!" Oh man, what about you, Chanel? What have you been up to? Not a whole hell of a lot. I drafted. I am working on a crappy standard deck. The draft was a lot of fun. I only got to play in one of the two drafts we had this weekend for uh, War of the Spark Draft Weekend Open House Nacho Bowl 2016 or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> but I went with kind of, I, I purposely drafted what I'm trying to build in standard, which is blue, black, a mass. You know, building that zombie army. Uh, I ended up going two and one with it. I went uh, after one and one. In the last round, I was paired up against my nephew for the final round, which was great because he's not a bad magic player, but he was so tilted 
that he was just making like terrible decisions the entire time and missing triggers and just like playing the worst possible options. I beat him and I kind of felt bad about it because one of our games opened up with him going first and he went turn one forest, Arboreal Grazer, and didn't play the extra land from his hand and just said, okay, go. No. So I'm just like, oh, he must not have a land. And then turn two, he dropped a land. And then, like, somebody kind of standing nearby went, hey, why didn't you do that last turn? And he goes, ah! Like, just immediately (laughs) freaking out. (laughs) I know exactly what expression you're talking about because I've seen it in person. (laughs) Yeah. And then... uh, Poor guy. I I had drafted... uh, Okay, slight variance of the uh, standard deck I'm trying to build. I ended up with two Ashioks in my draft pool. Oh. So... I was I was just using the amass to keep uh, defenders up, and I was milling him out. Uh, Kaya's ghost form had it so that okay, when Ashiok mills you uh, after twenty cards, Kaya's ghost form triggers, and Ashiok just comes back fresh and revitalized to you know mill you some more. And I'm milling him down and milling him down. He's getting down to like under ten cards in the library. He drops uh, Bioessence Hydra, the thing that comes into play with extra plus one plus one counters, yep. equal to the loyalty counters of Planeswalkers you control, but he didn't have any Planeswalkers out. So I'm like, okay, he's got a 4-4 Trampler. And I had like uh, the 0-4 wall that is confused by, you know, texts. And the, uh, I think I had a 3-3 Amass guy. And again, at this point, people were like kind of keeping an eye on him, not necessarily coaching, but I was okay if people wanted to try and like, hey, why don't you play better? <laughs> like, you know, not tell him what to do, but try and get him to calm down and play a little bit smarter because it was pretty casual at that point. And he was looking at the stuff in his hand and he played the uh, the Hulk that pro- uh, proliferates. Oh, okay, yeah. He didn't have any counters out, didn't have any tokens out, nothing, or, uh, nothing to actually proliferate with. Just played another big creature and then... Ever, like the crowd at that point was like, oh, rah, 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 like wandering away. And I ended up milling him out, and I went, what was in your hand that everyone was upset about? And he's like, I don't know. And he holds out, and he had at least two Planeswalkers that he could have dropped. He's like, what's the big deal? I'm like, read the second read, half. <laughs> read your Bioessence bio Hydra. Hydra. <laughs> oh, man, they could have got... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dell. Yeah, he, 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 he has the... the for whatever reason, misconception that I'm a good magic player. So he gets like too psyched out when little does he know I am shitty. I'm just trying to have fun. <laughs> just sitting across the table from that That's, beard really gets him. Yeah. Gets him scared. <laughs> I firmly believe mill is viable in all formats. That should be your first clue that I'm not a good magic player. <laughs> Granted, I won with mill. And so I guess there I you go. It. Haven't had a chance to do any much, uh, anything arena much, but I've started playtesting my blue black amass deck. It is getting better. I got a playset of the dread horde invasion, which really helps. And the biggest thing is just either keeping the horde alive or my my army alive, or finding a way of dealing with gates because in my playtests playtests against gate decks. Oh my god, gates of blaze just wrecked me. So I'm gonna add dive downs in there. But beyond that, I just need to play test more and tweak it. Uh, I dropped red initially because I went Grixis colors because those are the ones that represent a mass. But ended up cutting it just to keep the deck a little bit more streamlined. And I'm doing better with it overall. But Gates is a really bad matchup against me. I need to find a way to bounce back from that. Interesting. Do you yeah. see a lot of Gates when you play at the store? Uh, there are two or three players that have uh, Gates in paper. 
Nice. Yeah. Which, cool. it's always fun to see how they run slightly differently versus Arena. Even the variety across Arena, how people slot different cards into that deck. Like, it's just a cool, it's a cool archetype. I really like how players kind of took it and ran with it. Yeah. Well, and kind of a nice thing is, it, I, I never like when I don't have all the cards somebody's looking for, but when people are forced to make creative decisions to finish their deck with other things... I think is one of the prime reasons of why I've always liked magic is that you don't have access to necessarily everything at all times. So you work with what you have and you can make it work even better in some situations. Very true. So Nelson, what have you done besides whatever in your whatever? Yeah, no. So yeah, I did the the pre-release. That's the only paper uh, War of the Spark that I've done so far. But I I did use the code for my pre-release pack for the free draft once it finally opened up. And I got, I think, three wins on that before I got knocked out. Um, I just didn't really like what I was being passed. I, when, when we did the pre-release, which I'll get into in more detail, I ended up running green-white. And I had a lot of fun with it so i think i kind of tried to force myself into green white again and it was just it was too slow especially against black there's just so much removal that's available and uh i really i really fell victim to that fast but other than that uh, i slotted ashiok which is one of my favorite new cards as we discussed previously from this set into my blue black surveil deck slash mill deck and that's been a ton of fun to play and I also built an Esper, not a not an Esper control deck, but an Esper deck, uh, like an Esper mill with her in it. And that one, I want it to be fun, but I don't think I've won a single game with it yet. So it might be time to just give it up <laughs> after like 15 losses in a row. And then I did build a green-white deck that that's fun, but was a little bit too slow. So I, I revamped it and I've got a, a version 2.0 that's kind of like a green white tokens deck that's that's been a ton of fun i need to do more guilds packs just because i need some march of the multitudes i have none and i have no mythic wild cards but that's pretty much the last piece i need for the deck although i could use another sun petal grove or two i can't remember how many i have just for the mana fixing but but yeah so that's that's pretty much what i've been up to lately so we had the pre-release what two weeks ago now yes and tiege could not make it that night but i could not but you and i were there and we both played and uh so you you played more rounds than i did one thing that i want to i want to get in real quick that i think is kind of cool is so starting with uh core set in the summer here wizards is now allowing pre-release products to be sold at 3 p.m in the afternoon yeah, rather than midnight that's gonna be interesting so now stores if they want to can move up Instead of playing at midnight, you can play a little earlier, which would allow for other players to, you know, play longer, whether they're tired or they have to go or, or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, so you might get more players to actually finish up. And I, I had to I had to leave because I had to get back. So I left at I don't remember two o'clock or whatever it was when I took off. So I only got one round in. I won. I won in two. So that was awesome. And I like I said, I ended up playing a, a, a green and white deck. But the first pack that I opened uh, I opened one of the Leyline Prowlers, and that's the the Death Touch Lifelink. It's a two three Death Touch Lifelink for a generic, a black, and a green, and then it taps for one mana of any color. So I was like, well, that's Death Touch and Lifelink and mana fixing. I really want to use this card. And the rare in that pack was the Storev uh, Dev Karen Lich, 
that 5-4 trample, and whenever he deals combat damage to a player, Planeswalker, return target creature or Planeswalker card in your graveyard that was not put there this combat. Or, sorry, return to your hand. I don't remember if I specified. And so I was like, okay, I want to run green-black. And then I opened up in the next pack in a Johnny, and I just <laughs> kind of went through, and I I pulled a ton of uncommon Planeswalkers. I got a Hotly, uh, Narset, Angrath, Obnixilis, but then I pulled a Vivian, and I was like, okay... I think I need to make this go green-white. So I ended up building a deck. I stuck right at 40. I had eight planes, eight forests. I ran one Prismite, which is the 2-1 artifact creature that for two, he he adds any mana uh, or one mana of any color. I pulled out the Sahili Silverwing because it's a 2-3 flyer, and when it enters the battlefield, you get to scry your opponent's deck. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say scry because you can't choose where to put the card, but you get to peek at your opponent's top card. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I pulled the Parhelion, and I thought, well, for a 5-5 flying first strike Vigilance, that's something that could potentially be useful. I never actually drew that <laughs> in any of the games I played, but it was there. And then, like I said, I ran in a Johnny and one Vivian, and uh, New Horizons, which actually was super, super useful. So this is a, a Enchant Land. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. And this Enchanted Land has tap it to add two mana of any one color. So now I can produce anything I want from any land I want that, you know, this has enchanted. Um, and then any the, the rest of the deck was just built around what can I do to add plus one, plus one counters and proliferate since I'm running Planeswalkers in here. So there's a Bloom Hulk, which is a 4-4 when it enters the battlefield, pro- proliferate. Arlen's Wolf was in there just because it can't be chump blocked. Then there's the Steady Aim. It untaps a creature, gives it plus one, plus four, and gives it reach. But the card in green that really, really did some damage for me was Awakening of V2 Ghazi. So oh, yeah. for for three generic and two green, it's an instant, and it allows you to put nine plus one plus one counters on target land you control. It becomes a legendary zero zero elemental creature with haste named Vitu Ghazi, and it still counts as a land. So I got this thing out there, and then I had what was the other one? Oh, Primordial Worm, which is a seven six for six, and then I did run a Mowu in there too. And he's a 3-3 Trample Vigilance. And then if one or more plus one, plus one counters will be put on Mowu Loyal Champion, that many plus one, plus one, plus one counters are put on it instead. So green was kind of where I was. Yeah, he's got some cool triggers. Yeah, triggers. Right, <laughs> right, Teej? Yes. <laughs> ah, he's not going to. Okay. <laughs> um, it, is a, it is a replacement effect, ladies and gentlemen. We don't want yeah, to upset anyone. We're being I silly. didn't want to rile up the masses. <laughs> we're being silly. Yeah. And then the white basically gave me some flying. I, I did Trusted Pegasus. It's a 2-2 flyer. Whenever it attacks, target attacking creature without flying gains flying until end of turn. So that gave my Vitu Ghazi flying, which was just awesome to swing in for a 9-9 flying tree elemental. But another card that really helped a lot was Sunblade Angel. She's super expensive, 5 generic and 1 white. It's a 3-3, but she's flying first strike vigilance and lifelink. So as I pumped her up... I don't know if the guy I was playing against just didn't play any removal. I guess I didn't have much removal in my deck either, but he was playing Grixis colors and couldn't do anything to any of my cards. So I don't know if he forgot to put in removal. And the one time he did try to use removal, I had a Gideon Sacrifice and I think it maybe Obnixilis Cruelty. I don't remember. Whatever it was, he was trying to deal damage to one of my creatures and then i just gideon sacrificed it into like a charm stray or something and and it lived and you know i I beat him anyway so i had a ton of fun playing green white and i'm 
I really like what this set is trying to do with the plus one plus one counters and all all the ways you can add counters whether it's you know specified add a plus one plus one counter or proliferate because there's just so many ways to to buff creatures and planeswalkers excuse me especially in green and white so i had a you know a pretty good draw for those two colors i had a ton of fun playing them like i said i didn't get to play as many matches as i wanted to I played some EDH before that, totally got smoked because I just brought one, I brought my Duretti deck with me, and that is strictly straight up precon. and I don't remember the name of the gentleman that I played with. He was super polite. Uh, is it John Henry? Is that his name? Yes. Yes, John Henry. Yeah, John Henry's a good guy. Super, super good guy, and he has some awesome EDH decks, and his shit is tuned. I mean... Yeah, don't like- let his polite nature fool you. <laughs> He uh, is cutthroat when it comes to EDA. Holy crap! His 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 uh flicker deck beat me in like four turns. I mean, it was it was stupid. Yeah. It was awesome. He was a ton of fun uh, to play with. I I helped him put together a uh, Joira like suspend deck. Oh, and... that no, sorry, not flicker. That was the one suspend he played first. Okay, sorry. So he played that. Yeah, one. that's yeah. the one that that's the one. Well, and the best part was he's like, you know, which one should I play? So I got to pick my own poison and watch myself get beat every time based on yeah. what I pick. But yeah, no, that gyra deck is insane. Yeah, last time we played a group game with him, he ran that deck and like uh, he he ramped into Zwyra, got her out real quick. As some of us were establishing board states, he had suspended uh, I forget which removal it is. It's Decree a red of one. Annihilation. Was it Decree of Annihilation? Yeah, yes. and it was just, okay, everyone gets rid of all permanence, hands, <clears throat> everything, and the game's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you all suck. It's oh, over. Yeah. Goodbye. And he has Neldrazi coming in next turn. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. But yeah, like you said, he's, he's such a nice guy. He was a lot of fun to play with. Uh, very polite, shook my hand after every game. And, you know, it was funny. He went through the Duretti deck. I don't think he had seen it before. So he went through and he was like, wow, you know, there's some really good cards in here. You could fix it this way, this way, or this way. And I'm just like, I just need to have you build all my decks because clearly <laughs> clearly, you know what you're doing. But yeah, the the, the last thing I want to say about my my pre-release night, my, my pre-release pack. So I pulled a Dreadhorde Invasion as one of my pre-release promos and the other one uh was a time-stamped ugin so i was very very happy with with that i didn't play with the ugin i actually haven't even opened the pack that it came in yet it's still sealed up no no reason i guess but (laughs) it's uh i was i was very happy to get that i think you know like all pre-release cards i'm sure it's going to plummet in value at some point but i think ugin's still sitting there at like 35 bucks so he paid for my pre-release pack (laughs) is ugin really that expensive uh, not the Ugin regular, is like seven or eight Ugin, right now. Yeah, I was gonna say seven and a half. Yeah, that sounds right. And then it's just the the timestamp foil is like thirty five right now. Okay. I was bummed. So in my box, I cracked the a foil to fairy, and he he was at fifty, but he dropped pretty quick. He's down to like thirty eight, thirty five, something like that. But oh well, thanks a lot to fairy. So yeah, no, that was my that was my initial experience on pre release night. Chanel, you played with us. Uh, how'd it go for you? I played the entire night. I went undefeated until the third round where I drew with my opponent, so we just split the prizes. I did I not lose. undefeated until I lost. Until I got <laughs> a draw. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't lose a game. And I don't feel like I pulled anything like really good. I only ended up playing with one of my rares or mythics, I didn't even bother to crack my promo pack because it was garbage. The only rare, uh, it was a mythic card. The only thing I played with was uh, God Eternal Bantu. I ended up going red-black. 
and I did a little bit of a mass, but most more than anything, my board just went wide. And Angrath and Samut. Oh, uh, Angrath won- is so good and limited. Yeah, he he, he single handedly won me the like the one game that I was coming close to losing because I was going. Uh, I'm running. I, I've got a picture of my uh, deck list up here. Dread Malkin, two Bane Hounds, Lazatep Reaver, who is my new favorite out of this set. Uh, he's a 1-2 two for 2 that he has a mass 1 when he enters the battlefield. So you automatically just get 2 creatures for 2 mana. 2 Shriek Divers, which is, I think, a 2-3 flyer that you can pay 1 to give it haste. Uh, Vizier the Scorpion, he also amasses and gives Death Touch. God Eternal Bantu, Tithebreaker Giant. And then my only 2 non-creatures for black were Unlikely Aid, the thing that gives... Plus two and indestructible. That's a cool card. I like that a lot too. And Gaia's fo- Gaia's ghost Kaya's ghost form. I can't talk today. Kaya's ghost form is also phenomenal, as I've said from my uh, draft experience. On the red side, we had Grim Initiate, a one-one first striker for a red that when it dies, you amass one. On uh, crop Invader, two Spellgorger Weirds, and in uh, Invading Manticore. And I only had four non-creatures in red. Honor the God Pharaoh, which is card draw on a mass. Uh, Chandra's Pyre Helix and Jaya's Greeting for damage. And then Samut's Sprint for combat tricks. But having Samut's Sprint and, Sprint and Samut in the same deck, uh, it was real easy to make. Some of my little cheap guys go really, really tall. Sprint is really good, too. I like that card yeah. a lot. But the closest I came to losing... My opponent had one big creature with plus one, plus one counters that just kept getting bigger, and I had no flyers on the board at that point, and he kept hitting me with the blue flyer that uh, whenever it hits, proliferates. So he just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he was like eating chump blockers each turn. So I'd keep casting as much stuff, amassing as much as I could, and then I dropped Angrath and I had Lethal on the board with what we like with what he had to block with uh giving all my creatures menace. So my opponent was really, really upset about that because I had him on the ropes or I got him down to like nine before he stabilized and it looked like he was just gonna overrun me and then Angrath gave me the win. That that menace on his static menace ability is just stupid and limited. Yeah. It's it's so good. And I mean, not even just in limited, but uh, in matches that I've played on arena where guys are running like Rakdos decks or even Grixis decks that have Angrath in there, it is so hard to, if that thing comes out early, it is really, really hard to deal with. Yeah. Well, and I'm running two right now on the main board for my uh, blue-black amass deck just because Menace, I think, is so important when you're putting everything into just one creature. Yeah, I totally so, agree. That's why I want. I've I've got him. I've got a playset of Lazatep Reavers, a playset of Lazatep Plating to give hexproof, so I can keep him alive. And that one four for three, it amasses, but it gives hexproof to your zombie army. Making him untargetable is also the only way I found that I can actually win with it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, when you put all your eggs in one basket, all it takes is one removal spell, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you're then you're in trouble. Yep, so Lazatep and that one four thing that I can't remember the name of it, super helpful. So what is your what is your standard uh, a mass deck look like right now? Playset of Dreadhorde Invasions, playset of Lazatep Reavers, Lazatep Platings. I'm just going off the top of my head here. Uh, I'm adding Dive Downs in the sideboard. I don't think I need a main board yet. It's only certain matchups. The blue bounce spell that amasses when you bounce is... Ah, uh, Callous Dismissal. 
Callus Dismissal is really Love good. Love that card. Uh, stealth Mission for two plus one plus one counters and unblockable. That's huge, too. Yeah. So I'm running everything I'm running, I'm running play sets of. So the deck is pretty consistent so far. I just need to tweak and see what uh, what's good and what's not. Um, is it Soul Diviner? That's a uh, two, three for three. Tap it, remove a counter from something, and draw a card. Yes, yes. That thing has been that thing has been really good. Just you know, eat the army just a little bit for card advantage. And honestly, once the army like after you know two or three turns, it's a five five or a six six at that point. It doesn't really hurt it that much to drop it down. And if I've got the Dreadhorde Invasion, that's worst case scenario. It's static at you know that five 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 creature. Are you running Tyrant Scorn in that at all? I'm not running Tyrant Scorn. I guess it I doesn't saw, amass, so... I saw a deck list online that was running them. I just cut down Thought... Begone Thought. What the hell is the actual name of that card? Begone the Black and... Thought. <laughs> I don't uh, even thought think erasure? I know what a Thought, thought Erasure. Yeah, we... At the, 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 the kids call it Begone Thought. Um, <laughs> I like that. I cut it... I cut that one down from a 4 of to a 2 of... And I made sure I have two of the God Eternals arrivals. Is that what it's called? Oh, uh, uh, God. Enter the God Eternals. Enter the God Eternals. Yeah, that thing is ridiculous. That thing is stupid it's good. It's so mana heavy, but it, it can just take out whatever I need it to. Well, it does what? Four damage, mills four, and amasses four? Yep. For six mana, right? Two, mm-hmm. two, and two? Yeah. Two blue, two black, and two generic. Yeah, that card is... I love that card. A lot of the streamers that I watch right now are playing a ton of that in, like, Grixis Control and stuff in in Arena. And it's just... It's insane, especially if you're using, you know, you can you can you can use that in a in a in a deck with a new Jace where milling yourself is part of your win con, <laughs> yeah. you know. So so now now you're milling, you're dealing four damage to your an opponent's creature. You're milling yourself for four, and you're amassing for four, and you gain four life, <laughs> and you gain four life. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's an awesome card. I really like that card a lot. Yeah, that one I want to I want to get maybe one more of because because of how high the casting cost is, I don't think a playset's going to be worth it because if if I get stuck with one early game, it's a dead card and my curve is pretty low overall. Bleeding Edge, I really like. I'm going to try I think I'm going to uh, cut that one or get that one up to a playset in there. That's, That's a cool the card target too. creature. Yeah, target creature gets negative two, negative two, and it amasses two for three mana. So that can be a huge sway board state wise but i'm gonna keep play testing it uh like i said gates is a terrible matchup because i need to out a mass gates ablaze which is the biggest goddamn thing right now that i'm dealing with so well and that's a tough race it. yeah i'm gonna be sideboarding in dive downs just because it gives me enough of a enough of a head start or a reaction to it that i don't have to worry as much but I need him in my hand. I need that like to be a six of in that matchup right now. <laughs> yeah, it gives you gives you toughness on the back end then. Yeah. So Teej, you've drafted a few times, right? I have. What have what have you found while playing this set and drafting? Uh so both times that I drafted at our good friend Schnell's store, um, I ended up going blue black a mass. And I have discovered that a mass is good in draft, but you but have to not play outside. it correctly. <laughs> what was that? But not outside of draft. Well, I have no experience with it outside of draft. It seems a little unreliable outside of draft, since you can only get one token at a time. And like Nelson so eloquently put it earlier, uh, all your eggs in one basket sort of thing. 
But in, in draft, I found myself with a lot of creatures with big butts on the ground uh, and just a few things that amass. I can get a token pretty big pretty quickly based on what I get. So uh, I played, I've played Crush Descent, which is uh, expensive. It's the counter target spell unless it's Jorola pays two. And then you amass two. It's expensive. It's four mana. Uh, yeah. So you have to leave it up, but I found every time I played it, I played that in lieu of a four drop. I just deny my opponent their next turn, and I get a two two out of it. That's not a card you just want to hold on to and try to maximize value. You use that as soon as you can to get the body out of it, and I found that's the best way to use that card. I also played with. Hold on, I have to find it because I have the card pulled up here like a professional. <laughs> Uh, Relentless Advance is the three and a blue sorcery that simply says amass three. I threw that in my first deck on the first day I draft. I had a couple of those, and my thought process with that was it's just a four drop. Uh, Three, three for four mana seems okay in theory, but what I found is if I've already got a zombie token on the battlefield, I don't necessarily want to spend my entire turn just putting counters on it and making it bigger. Uh, someone could easily respond to that and get rid of it. Actually, now that I say that out loud, uh, it would still resolve and I would still get a Yeah, you'd still get the dude. So, either way, I didn't feel good. I've played a mass a couple of times now that that's fun when you amass and somebody in response kills it and you go, okay, I still get my 2-2 then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I didn't consider at the time. I just found myself, whenever I had it in my hand just holding it because I didn't want to spend an entire turn just making one thing bigger. Uh, I would much rather spend my turn putting another body on the battlefield. I played uh, Rescuer Sphinx is a is a good card. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you can return a non-land permanent you control to your, its owner's hand. If you do, the Sphinx enters with a plus one, plus one counter on it. And I was pairing that up with the, what is it, the Lazatep Reaver, the, the one, two, yeah. four, one, and a black. When it enters the battlefield, a mass one. Feels really good to play the Labs of Tepper Reaver, play a Sphinx into it, return it to my hand, and then play it again just to put another counter on the zombie token. And then I'm I'm still a big fan. Where is it? It's not even on this list. It is. I just missed it. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of that one card that when we talk about what our favorite cards were going to be, Callous Dismissal. That's oh yeah. It is. Uh, one in a blue sorcery, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, and then a mass one. Huge fan of that card. Bounce spell, I either get a body out of it, or I make something that I have already bigger. The only downside to that card is that it's not an instant, but I think the fact that it gives me a zombie token is the reason why it can't be an instant. That seems a little too strong. But I will run as many callous dismissals as I can get in any deck that has blue in it. I agree. Um, I really like that card. I put that in both of the arena decks i've been playing that have blue in them since this set released i've got a play set in just because it's it's so good yeah uh in my deck i ran a couple uh my first deck i ran a couple ashiox skulkers i think i had three of them and only ran two of them and the second day i only ran one of them it's a three five and you can pay four men into it so it can't be blocked that was really good just to sneak in some attacks when my opponent had a giant defense on the on the board. Uh, they just they couldn't stop it. The Skulker and the Sphinx for offense, uh, a bunch of other things on the ground, including my zombie tokens for defense. Erratic Visionary, 
Uh, I'm a big fan of this card. It's the Looter. Yeah, one I like that card one too. In the blue. Pay one in a blue and tap it to draw a card and discard a card. Um, I had a lot of fun with that card too. Found my decks to be really low on the curve, uh, which is which is good for my mana sinks, which is good for the Looter, which is good for the Skulker. And uh, Kasmina's Transmutation is a card that I had fun playing. It's the enchanted creature, loses all abilities, and has base power and toughness one. That just reminded me, in, in my game against uh, my nephew, I allowed him one do-over when he attempted to cast that on my army zombie. Yep. When I went, no, that makes it bigger. It gives it a base <laughs> power and toughness of one. Right now it has a base power and toughness of zero. And he goes... Ah, shit. <laughs> like, okay, no, no. take it back, take it back, keep playing. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It, that happened in one of my games, too. So those were, uh, those are blue cards that I ran a lot. Uh, as far as the black cards go, I ran the Lazatep thing that I mentioned before. Um, I got a Dreadhorde invasion. Uh, I didn't crack it. I had it passed to me. I'm a big fan of that card. I'm still not on the it's the next bitter blossom train, but I am a big fan of it. Um, and I always and I forgot about the bottom text. Whenever a zombie token you control with power six or greater attacks, it gains life link until end of turn. One of the best plays I made uh, all weekend was uh, I think this was just yesterday. I erratic I had activated my erratic visionary to draw a card and then discard a card. Uh, and I did that thing where, you know, you're kind of spinning your wheels and you say out loud to yourself as well as your opponent, come on, draw something good. <laughs> and the card I drew was Dreadhorde Invasion. And I looked at the cards in my hand and I had the Lazatep Reaver also in my hand. And I said out loud to my opponent and myself, this is good. <laughs> so then <laughs> on my next turn, I dropped my Lazatep Reaver making the 5-5 five, five army that I had a 6-6, six, six, then dropped the Dreadhorde Invasion and attacked with a Lifelinker. Yeah. Because your opponent also forgets that your zombie tokens get Lifelink if they're power 6 or greater. And again, the zombie token doesn't have to be created by Dreadhorde Invasion, and it doesn't also have to be an army. It's just a zombie token that's big. So I was a big fan of that card. Uh, Obnixilus' Cruelty is a big favorite of mine that card's just bonkers i did manage to play i got the is that my, the minus five minus five one yep. yes okay uh i speaking of uh, obnixilis i had one of those in my deck on the first day minus two destroy a creature its controller draws two cards uh and whenever an opponent draws a card obnixilis deals one damage to that player that card is super good obnixilis in the same deck i also had a uh, a kaya in whose minus ability is exile a creature. Those are just removals on sticks. Uh, your opponent gets super scared of those immediately. And I almost didn't even run Kaya because it was a blue-black deck, and I owed three black pips to cast Kaya. But I'm glad I threw that in there. I think my first game I had three Planeswalkers in my deck. Uh, that's why I also forgot to talk about uh, Kasima. She makes wizard tokens, and then you draw a card and discard a card. Yeah, she's one of the cool new Planeswalkers. Yeah, she is. Uh, and I really enjoyed having her in my deck, too. Um, also spells your opponent's control that, uh, or cast that target a creature or planeswalker you control costs two more to cast. Again, easy text for your opponent to forget. They're planning out their turn and they try to kill something. It's going to cost you two more mana and then they have a choice to make. You can either kill something or play something. You can't do both. 
So my first deck had three Planeswalkers in it. My second deck uh, on Sunday, which was yesterday, uh, I had one Kiora in it, and I took her out after the first game. She's She minus one untaps something, and the only reason I wanted that in there was to either reuse Erratic Visionaries or to ramp myself into something. And she was useful, but not that useful. And I'm going to say that my opponent focused more on trying to kill Kiora than he spent trying to kill me, <laughs> which I think was a mistake. I was going to say, that sounds like a bit of a mistake there. But I also lost that game, so maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what else did I have in my deck? That was awesome. Tithe Bear Giant is a great card. 4-5, whenever it enters the battlefield, you draw a card and lose one life. It's just a big body on the ground that replaces itself. Difficult to play around. Unlikely Aid is also really fun. Uh, the one in a black Gideon Riding Rakdos target <laughs> creature gets plus two, plus zero, and indestructible until end of turn. Uh, and Vraska's Finisher. Vraska's Finisher is 3-2. Whenever it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls that was dealt damage this turn. I like a 3-2 for three mana. I also like a 3-2 for 3 mana that will also kill something. That's that, another one of those cards where you don't want to hold on to it and try to optimize your plays. If you have nothing else to do on turn 3, drop that finisher because you're going to want that body on the battlefield as opposed to you know, waiting for something else to come along that you can just, haha, got ya. That thing has been devastating to me every single time my opponents have played it. Right? Just like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll let you hit my Planeswalker for one big deal. Ah, the finisher <laughs> from yes. the top rope. Oh, the, the okay, so the deck that I played Kiora in, after that first game, I sighted out Kiora, and I threw in Ujin's Conjurant, which is the 0-0 zero, zero for X, and it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. Both times I played that card, it was a 6-6, six, because six, <laughs> I just dump all my mana into it, and... Playing Ujin's Conjurant in a deck with zombie tokens, with a mass of zombie tokens, I found is a really good combo against people who have Blast Zone. Huh. Because Blast Blast Zone is the land that gets charge counters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can pay three and sacrifice Blast Zone to, to destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on it. Your zombie tokens have a converted mana cost of zero. And no matter how much mana you put into Ujin's Conjurant, it also has a converted mana cost of zero. So my opponent just couldn't take out these giant creatures with Blast Zone. That's, um, I like that strategy. That's cool. Yeah, it is a good strategy. And also, uh, funny story, my first deck I had Karn's Bastion in it, which made me happy. That's the land that you can pay for and tap it to proliferate. I love that thing. I had that in my deck, and my opponent had a Blast Zone. And I had, I think, uh, two Ashiok's... see where this is going. I had two Ashiok's Skulkers, and I had the Zombie Hippo, which all cost five mana. And my opponent was ticking up that Blast Zone, trying to get rid of my giant creatures. And finally, at the end of his turn, he had five counters on it. So then it goes to my turn, and I say, at the end of at the end of your turn, I'm gonna proliferate. I'm gonna pop up some counters on my planeswalkers and my zombie token, and I'm gonna put another charge counter on your land. <laughs> my opponent was like, "Why would you do that? That's dumb." And I said, nope. "Now you can't kill my five drops. You've been spending all this mana to try to kill." 
that was a very smart investment (laughs) yeah it was great so anyway uh that was pretty much the gist of my decks i was really happy with them i would like to play around more with blue black that being said i've only drafted two times and it was blue black both times so there might be other strategies in other colors but probably not blue black (laughs) is probably the best so you guys you guys both played blue black and you both played a mass one one card that I pulled, I, I think three or four copies of out of my pre-release pack. It's a blue common that amasses. Uh, did either of you guys in in Chanel the pre-release or the drafts you've played or Tej the drafts you've played? Have you run Avon Eternal? It's a two-two flyer for two generic and a blue. And when it enters the battlefield, you amass one. I didn't in any of the draft. It was in the first draft or the the first version. Use a use a synonym. Uh, the first version of my uh, standard, but I ended up cutting it just because I didn't like it as much. Like I didn't feel like I was getting the value, the same like level of value that like Lazatep Reaver was getting. Oh sure. And rather than just going flying, I think Menace was a much better option to go with my uh, my add-ons or you know my my creatures. So yeah, Angrath and that one fourth. I didn't play with it, but I definitely would have in my deck. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, I pulled a bunch and I thought about, I, I kind of had the same thought Chanel did. I thought it would have been fun to run a mass on pre-release night, but I didn't even have enough to try to force it. But that's just one of the few the cards that oh, that I got that had a mass on it. And I got, you know, a ton of copies of, I almost had, I put blue in here, you know, I would have run it just because of the flying in, in a limited format. But yeah, I uh, I left it out of... Well, I didn't play any blue, so of course it got left out. But I you know, I didn't even try to force that thing in anything either. Gleaming Overseer. Zombie Wizard for one, a blue, and a black. He's a 1-4. When he enters the battlefield, a mass one. And zombie tokens you control have Hexproof and Menace. That is the guy I could never remember the name of. Gleaming Overseer. Yeah, that's a good card. Oh, yeah, because we said Soul Diviner before, right? Um, no, Soul Diviner is a different one that I am running. He, The Soul Diviner is the 2-3 uh, the remove a counter to draw a card. Yes, that's right. Okay, never mind. That guy I'm remembering I like a, a lot better than I did when I was just looking at the card. When I actually started playing it, then he's much better. Well, and he's, I mean, yeah, he's two different color lands, but he's super cheap. And he's got a, a two, you know, and he's yeah, a 2-3. Two, two, three three. And in a set where everything depends on counters, you know, loyalty counters, plus one, plus one counters, whatever, uh, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll happily take down a Planeswalker for card advantage because that's a good Planeswalker ability anyway. Right. Um, otherwise, just instant speed, end of your, you know, end of your turn, click down my zombie, next turn he'll click back up, and I have extra cards. Well, and like even Tej was saying, if you've got an opponent who's investing a ton of mana into beefing up the charge counters on, um, I can't think of that land now. The the blast blo- zone. thank you blast zone on blast zone. Well, guess what? You spent mana. Now I'm just going to take it down, and now you're well, behind a turn. Nope, it's it's you can only remove it from. Oh wait, it is only from control. <laughs> okay, never yeah. mind, never mind. Yes, valid valid thought, but it doesn't work. Yep, you're right. My bad. Yeah. Although. I did think of this. You could a, use it a, to turn your blast zone to a zero and wipe tokens. God damn it, Schnell! <laughs> <laughs> we were we were having that discussion today at the store. I'm sorry because everyone was saying Why blast zone is podcast. yeah, blast zone is a bad because <laughs> we love you card because it doesn't hit tokens. Yeah. But you instead it, of spending it, all day yelling at kids on the internet for not knowing what replacement no, effects I'm are, stop you right you there. No. <laughs> 
I will continue to do that. So that is your that is your homebrew magic podcast secret deck tech. Soul Diviner to click down and wipe tokens with Blast Zone. Brought Boom. to you by Tej. I was going to say you, first. Brought to you by Tej, who had the idea first. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. But yeah. So anyway, back to me. The yeah, last back thing to you. I wanted to say was uh, the draft was fun. I went two and one both days. Well done. Yes, and in uh, in my in my packs, I opened Karn's Bastion, which is one of the cards from the set that I really wanted. I also opened Ignite the Beacon, which is the five mana instant to search your library for two planeswalkers, and I also opened a Gideon. And I'm really happy with all three of those pulls because my next EDH deck is going to be a Super Friends deck, and I knew that I wanted all three of those cards to go in it. So, so far, this uh, set is treating me very, very well with the cards that I open and the fun I'm having drafting it. So what are your auto-includes in your Super Friends? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll tell you. Ixalan Jace lands if some butthole won't stop eating them. Okay. Uh-oh. That was one time. <laughs> was just one time. <laughs> Shots fired. I was digging through basic lands. I eat one land and he never <laughs> lets me forget it. <laughs> I was digging through his basic lands because I was going to pull out all the Jace Ixalan lands to put in my Super Friends deck. And I said, Schnell. Don't put that land away. I want it. So we ate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. From my point of view, the Jedi are the bad ones. No. Uh, <laughs> I walk into the back room, and normally when I walk into the back room, because I have one of those land stations set up, the nice acrylic ones, the Ultra Pro, they're super expensive. People like they're to dick with fancy. it, and they always take lands and put them back in the wrong ones, or they get lands almost put away, like they tried real hard but just couldn't fucking slide it straight up and down. <laughs> so I was just going ahead and I was going to clean up what I assumed somebody had just left. And there's one land sitting out, and I pick it up, and then Teach goes, No, I want that one, in his usual sarcastic tone. <laughs> so I appropriately responded by eating it. I mean, I don't, think I don't I really see. I don't really know what other choice you had. I think that's just the way that I sound. <laughs> Even that was sarcastic. <laughs> so I apologize for eating the island that you wanted. It's okay. There's more where that came from. Yeah, that's fair. That is very true. So, uh, given given what you guys have seen so far and what you've played so far, what's your favorite part about the new set? Planeswalkers are neat because, especially the cheap one or the the uncommon ones, everyone was just complaining that they're you know they're effectively just enchantments. Uh, they're enchantments that draw aggro away from you, the player, exactly. and to your planeswalker. And worst case scenario, so what if they're enchantments? They're enchantments that don't require specific enchantment removal. You can hit them with a creature, so they make the game easier for you. You idiot who can't just play enchantment removal anyway. Always run Demystify. I've been yelling that for weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I actually agree. Um, I was, uh, when the set was first announced and, and every, every pack is going to have a Planeswalker in it. And, uh, you know, when Wizards was ruining the game and Magic was going to be Oh yeah, they've, pretty they've, soon. they've killed Magic like six times in the last um, year. I was always on. I was always on the the side of 
this is going to be fine. They're going to do this thing, planeswalkers, that's not going to make them all super strong, blah, blah, blah. And then we get all the, the cards, and the planeswalkers seem really appropriately powered. And we're early enough in the format where your opponents need to make decisions about attacking you or your planeswalker, and almost always they're going to make the wrong decision. Yeah. And I like that, because <laughs> I can easily play around the intelligence or lack thereof of my opponent. That sounded a lot meaner than I meant it to, actually. Yeah, no, you've, <laughs> you've had a long day head. of yelling at people on the internet. It's bound, to, bound to wear off. Oh, that's true. I need a break from the internet. But anyway, no, uh, watching people make difficult decisions is actually, this is going to be a, uh, a great learning tool for people, for just local players, you know, at the store. I feel like this set is going to make a lot of people a lot better at magic. It's going to teach them threat assessments. It's going to make you make better decisions when reacting to what your opponent is doing. And it's going to make you have better decisions. You know, you, you can easily bluff with Planeswalkers. I'll throw a crappy Planeswalker in a deck if, uh, if I have no better choices for the simple fact that I know if I throw one down, my opponent's going to panic and try to get rid of it. Yeah. It's going to buy me a turn or two. Well, and there's and also the decision okay. the decisions both on offensive and defensive because right. if I'm, you know, as the attacker, I now need to decide for each creature, well, do I want to try and take out, you know, your your Angrath or do I want to just knock your life total down to the point where I can, you know, kill you outright? And then as the blocker, you need to decide okay, how important is this Planeswalker to my strategy and which stupid creature am I throwing under the bus to keep him alive because Menace is fantastic. Exactly. So, decisions all around. Menace Better is players, fantastic. hopefully. I'm going to interrupt once more so that I share this story because Nelson was supposed to remind me. Oh, I forgot. Me. Yeah, hey, share I, that story. <laughs> yeah. Because this is why we're going to call the episode what we're going to call it. Yeah, so uh, we were we were discussing Magic Games and... The story did not happen to me, but I coined the phrase in response to it, so I'm, I'm claiming it as my own. Uh, a friend of mine at the store was talking about playing a game on Arena, and he had Tajik, the uh, red, red-white red guy that uh, non, non-combat damage to your other creatures is prevented. Correct. And he was playing against a Gates deck, and his opponent cast Gates Ablaze. And then he said, you could see Gates of Blaze resolved and only Tajik died. And then he immediately moused over Tajik and was reading the card and then scooped. Because <laughs> had he read what his opponent's creatures did beforehand, he wouldn't have just cleared his own board. Right. <laughs> and my immediate response was, whoopsie scoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> so those are those moments where you screw up so bad you have to quit the game. It's a whoopsie scoopsie. Oopsie Just scoopsie. straight up embarrassment. Oh, and and it's one of those things where there's like no back and forth interaction between the players on Arena, but you know exactly what is going through their head based on what they're highlighting and looking at. With just ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think that the the gentleman that he was playing against when he was scooped upon Thought the same thing and just went <laughs> whoopsie scoopsie. <laughs> well, that's a that's a big whoopsie scoopsie. I'll take I'll that. See you next game. <laughs> I'll take that W. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, that's good. I like I like that story. That's funny. Yeah. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about Arena only having like six emotes. <laughs> yeah. I do think though that there can be a case made that uh, we should petition Wizards to have Whoopsie Scoopsie be whoopsie added as- <laughs> yeah. instead of Oops, we'll replace it with Whoopsie Scoopsie. <laughs> exactly. And then it just automatically oh. concedes for you so that you don't have to. Yeah. Or it triggers at the moment you make the dumbest decision you can as a player. The game That's just saves you the embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. I've I've uh, I've had emotes turned off ever since I downloaded Arena, so I don't know what any of them are. Uh, is there an automatic emote for when you concede? Uh, no, the, it just blows up red. Like okay, yeah. Because yeah. in Hearthstone, there is your character will say something before you blow up. They should have whoopsie scoopsie <laughs> the automatic <laughs> emote for when you concede. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about this set before we wrap it up? Or at least what you've seen so far? I'm, ex- I'm, excited, I'm excited for it to keep going. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I've seen a lot of cool stuff on Arena, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what people do with it. I'm going to keep forcing uh, a mass. I don't think a mass is ever going to be tier one right now, but I'm going to keep building it and or tweaking it and seeing what I can do. I'm also going to do my best to avoid anyone's lists online because where's the fun in that? There are no auto-includes in this game. Make your own deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least, Granted, if you don't have time, there's no fault in actually just net decking to play the game because it's a fun game. But still, it's annoying when you ask other people to just Google things for you. That's the thing. Don't be lazy. Net decking's yeah. fine, but don't be lazy. Don't have other people do it for you. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I feel about it. You have umpteen tools at your disposal on the internet and you know what make a deck list and then say hey what do you guys think about this am i missing anything would you include anything in here you know that's cool but just like hey do this for me it's just obnoxious yeah and mawu is a replacement effect not a trigger (laughs) it's true not a trigger it's true replacement (laughs) effect don't let anyone tell you otherwise (laughs) or teed will correct them on the internet all day (laughs) don't think i won't really really loud because I'm at my job with nothing better to do. <laughs> I'm lucky I still have a job. Well, it's because they respect your uh, magic acumen. <laughs> they just know. They also don't know what the hell you're yelling about, so they're too scared to go in. <laughs> like, oh my god, teaches in the corner yelling about people on the internet again. <laughs> my, my boss is like, put your phone away and get back to work. And I'm like, but Nathan, look at this idiot. <laughs> and then he says... You keep going. You have better things going on. You you do you. Work can wait. You have people to correct. We understand. Oh, man. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you guys again for sitting down with me this week, talking talking magic, talking more of the spark. Uh, it's going to be really cool to see how the standard format changes, how it changes into things like EDH. I mean, Tej, you already said, hey, these are these cards that I got my hands on. I'm really looking forward to building a Super Friends deck with them. I think this is going to be, you know, we've stressed this before, a set that really impacts multiple formats. And I think Wizards hit it out of the park with this one. It's a it's a ton of fun to play in in multiple formats and that being said thank you guys for tuning in and listening again this week as always find us on itunes google play stitcher iHeartRadio, podbean basically anywhere you consume your podcasts find us on our online communities at homebrew magic on instagram and facebook make sure you tell a friend please rate review and subscribe and until next time don't drink and scry whoopsie scoopsie <laughs> 
Whoopsie fucking scoopsie.